who would you rather go into a fight against? A Loxodon or a Centaur or a Minotaur? I'd probably say Loxodon because I feel like a Minotaur is going to be far more ragey. I feel like there may be a, a solution where well, I get a whole not... lot more gore with them. I, 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 oh, because uh, they can they can gore. I get it. Um, but the 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 Loxodons, I might be able to talk my way out of that. Loxodons also have tusks. I know they do, but I feel like there is a, a, a route of diplomacy there that you're not going to get out of a Minotaur. I'm going to say Minotaur, because then I can outsmart the Minotaur. All I have to do is be able to dodge the charge, and I've done that in enough video games to know that I just got to hit them on the way by, and it's, I'll kill them at about the sixth one. Death by a thousand cuts? Well, or six at the very least. <laughs> which, which one, nice. Casey? Not even, not even touch and centaur. No, no, four hooves, you toast. Yeah, they're just going to trample you. No, what, what are we going to do, yeah. fight a horse? You can fight a horse, you can fight a really jacked dude. No, I got a better idea, fight both at once. Fuck that, I'm not dealing with that. Also, also, I'm going I'm to be distracted by the first, like, ten minutes by the fact that they don't wear pants. And I'm still not certain where the genitals are on a centaur. I got a lot of questions about centaurs, and I think you could do a whole episode on it. <laughs> uh, I would pick Loxodon, yeah. I just believe in myself against the Minotaur. Also, I mean, if I'm going to fight the Minotaur, I'm just going to turn around and walk out of the labyrinth. Welcome to the It's a Mimic podcast, where you never know what you're going to get. Welcome to another It's a Mimic episode where we continue our conversation on playable races in Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. I'm Adam and with me today are Casey and Dave and this episode is called Gathering the Magic Races, Part 1. Did you like that, Dave? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Gathering the Magic? Do you, do you no, get... I don't. Okay. Alright. Oh, God. In this episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, this panel of Dungeon Masters will be sitting down to look at three of the Ravnica playable races that were introduced in Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. In today's episode, we're going to be covering the Simic Hybrid, which focuses on grafting parts of aquatic animals onto your person. In real life, what aquatic animal feature would you choose to add to your body? Uh, roll for it. Let's roll. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. 10 to 1, Dave says egg sack. Uh, well, Dave, oh. we were tied at eights, and you bumped us to a fourteen and a twenty. Yeah, so. I got the fourteen. No, no you got the seven. No, I got. No, I, was I got. Red. I was yellow. You were red. Yeah, I'm oh, yellow. You got bumped down. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> I'm going first. Um, yeah. I feel like like gills is too obvious. Uh, like, what's a jellyfish stinger? I want a jellyfish stinger. Why? Yikes! What like what what good is that to you? <laughs> like, at least gills allow you to not drown. Sure, but that, like that, that's pretty good compared to a stinger. Your bad guy can sting people. And then what like you just want to sting Dan and then pee on him. Yeah. Well yeah. that cures it, right? That's what I hear. It's, that's what you're gonna tell Dan. <laughs> I don't need a stinger. Okay, I'll come up with something better then. Yeah. Um I would have a Do the anglerfish light? You know yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah that's that's what I would have. <sighs> Okay. Was that yours? That, that was going to be mine because I was going to say I'm out in the woods all the time. Yeah. And like my headlamp 
It, it like it's good, <laughs> right? But after like an hour or two, the batteries start to fade and it's not as bright as it was. If I just have that like no, thing no, in no, front no, of no. me, no, see, it's not practically useless. My reasoning for it is I'm gonna hide in dark alleyways when people come down, and then I'm gonna turn it on and grin at them creepily, scare them, and off they go. You don't need no. <laughs> <laughs> you can already do that. Not not with my own angler bulb. Let's not ever mention oh your angler God. bulb again, okay? God. Welcome to the podcast, Casey. It's your first episode on the regular <laughs> channel. Not a special, so this is this is what you're in for. Yeah, I mean, it would be like if you guys came on a giant special episode. Oh, yeah, except we're not, we're not going to critique wine and then talk about Big Daddy Frost Giants or yeah. whatever. Could we? Loincloths, you know. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. All right, so are you just gonna say the angler bulb as well? Uh, else? I, yeah, I mean that was that was going to be my go-to. You sniped it from me. Here, let's circle around. Okay. Uh, as weird as it would look, I wouldn't mind having like better angled eyes so that I could see periphery better. That's not a bad choice. <laughs> But I'm like, I feel like you, you then need to be on a motorcycle. It's not going to help you driving a car. No, it'd be horrible. But, you know. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, we circle like back here. Okay. Uh, I don't know what it's called, but, like, you know how... You, know how fish... you want a blowhole, don't you, Dave? Uh, I had to... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know how fish can, like, find that way home? They can find, like, the original, the salmon can, like find that creek they were spawned in after being out in the ocean. Like, they've got that, like, ingrained instinct. Yeah, Yeah, back. I want that. I want to just be able to find my way back. I don't want to, you know, have to rely on, you know... That is the exact opposite of what I would have expected from you because you literally told me that you want to go live in the woods and never come back. But but then that can be the place that I go back to, right? Like Oh, okay. Right, I just want to be able to, like, have that anchor that I return to, you know? Be able to always figure it out again. I feel like we're missing shit because I mean, octopi have good things, and we you want a beak. Oh yeah, uh, kind of. That'd be Ooh, all right. to I do ink now. Be good on for... demand. <laughs> Not even touching that one, Casey. That's... Yeah, well, you know that one. Okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> moving right along. Uh, <laughs> like fifty percent of the human population can already do that. Um... <laughs> is I it inky for you? Better. Hold on, is it inky for you? <laughs> <laughs> so the um like swordfish we went right past swordfish that would have been cool but like what good is a sword for oh, a i want to be able to do what a flying fish can do and just like go you know like 10 10 feet in that direction just like flying like like that hover ability you glide across the you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah they don't actually fly but they like just get a wingsuit yeah. I could just kind of wing. Yeah, but I can't just jump off the ground and wingsuit for 10 feet. I jump <laughs> off the ground and just go, oof, and hit the ground. Have you tried? All right, before we go any further on this, let's cut to an ad break. We've previously covered quite a bit in our discussion on player options in 5th edition. For all of those episodes and more, you can follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and dozens of other podcast apps. And if you'd like to support us, you can donate through the website, check out our store, or join the Patreon and get access to other episodes and series. If you'd like to pay for some ad space on It's a Mimic, or just send a shout out to a friend, please reach out to us through our email and website that are listed in the show notes below. Hey everyone, I know that the last couple of weeks have been a little bit wonky. I did a bunch of traveling and then I got home just in time to catch the flu. So I'm now 98% back up on my feet, 
and we're going to get back into our regular release schedule as well as making up for the lost time. So, instead of me listing out all of the episodes that are coming, let's lean into the you never know what you're going to get over the next two weeks when we play catch up and there's going to be a ton of episodes hitting the public channel. As far as the Patreon goes, we've actually been able to stay up to date on that surprisingly. So, I hope you enjoy this episode because I'm pretty sure that this is going to be a double feature this week. So we're talking about three of the races from Ravnica, the playable races. Um, and I feel like we're really late on this conversation because this book came out a couple of years ago now. And people have, for the most part, slept on it. Anybody that's regularly listening to this podcast is going to know this is one of my favorite books. I think it's one of the best put together books after Eberron is really full of stuff, but it's very disjointed. This one is put together very, very well. It's got a lot of good shit that you can plug and play. Um, and, uh, and it's laid out really intelligently and it's easy to follow. It is. Yeah. Um, it also has enough useful information. So it's not like Spelljammer or Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, which was, you know, 15% of a thousand ideas and no actual follow-ups or nothing you can actually use in a campaign, um, outside of the actual, like, little adventures in each or the, the bestiaries that they have. So... I really like the Ravnica book. I'm very well versed in it just because I keep going back to it. How well do you guys know Ravnica before we get started? Not that well. No. I just started diving into it after doing podcast stuff. So yeah. there is a lot that I haven't read through. Uh, when I started playing Magic the Gathering, uh, Ravnica was just kind of wrapping up a run and they were getting into Theros. So I'm a little familiar, but not super familiar. Right. Other than that, I've played a couple of races from it here and there, but nothing too crazy. Um, to give you a really quick breakdown of what we're dealing with here, we've done a whole episode on Ravnica. You can go check it out. It's on our YouTube channel, and of course, that one's the easiest one to find it on. Otherwise, you scroll forever through Apple Podcasts or Spotify, right? So, Or one of the millions of other podcast apps we're on. But here's a quick breakdown really quickly. Ravnica is essentially one big city that is the size of a giant small continent really um it's massive it's surrounded by a ring of mountains that keeps everything in beyond the mountains is nobody knows doesn't matter it's not part of ravnica um this is the whole realm it is run by 10 different guilds and there are 10 different districts in here um the reason that it's always the number 10 is because there are five colors of magic and they like to uh like team up like red white black green blue white blue green like yeah, so, the, the different colors have different themes to yeah. them, right? So. so so that's why there's 10 uh, and 10 again, right? That, te that tends to be a common number in Magic the Gathering. And this was originally created for the collectible card game um, and has a rich enough history and enough different aspects to it that it actually makes for a pretty good setting for D&D. However, when I say it's one big city, it's not just like an urban environment, although a lot of it is. There's also, like, parts of the city are in decay that are getting taken over by, like, plants and nature and stuff as well. There's entire undercity areas. There's great sweeping plains that exist where parking lots used to. And there are still, like, decrepit buildings and, and ruins all over the place. So it's not simply just downtown but a magical setting. There's more to it than that. 
Yeah, there's underwater parts too, right? Yeah, like no, there's... there's a huge amount of underwater parts. Like there's a lot of underwater theme with this and a lot of flying creatures as well because of a lot of the towers in the urban settings. So um, we don't get dragons the way that we think about dragons. We get one dragon. There are drakes, but they are like ridden. They're not, they're, they fly. They're not the same thing as they are in, in D&D, right? So um, they're essentially what we think of as wyverns. So uh, without the poison tail. But there are these 10 guilds that run it, and the guilds are really the most important thing. Not everyone is a part of a guild, but if you are an adventurer or you're important at all, you are part of a guild. So each one of the guilds is run differently. It has a different purpose in Ravnica, and they all have a very, very tumultuous piece. It's hanging by a thread. And the idea is that when you play in this setting, you choose a guild to be a part of, and you go on adventures for that on that guild's behalf, right? For them. There's a leader of the guild, and then there are, you know, there's a hierarchy, definitely. You may never run into the leader of the guild. And for the most part, the leader of the guild is not necessarily the founder of the guild, because the guilds have been around forever. Some of them are like that, just like the Izzet League is run by the only true dragon in Ravnica that's been around forever. So I'm going to get into it really quickly about what they are. Again, not every person's a part of, the, of one of the guilds. but And we're not going to be talking about the guilds, but it's good to have kind of a reference point for this stuff to understand the flavor of the world we're talking about because this isn't the Harpers or the Emerald Claw, right? Like, this is not what we're used to seeing with guilds in D&D. It's a little bit more intensive. And there's a rank system in here. So you rank up as you go. Renown and reputation are big deals. In Ravnica. So really quickly we have the Azorius Senate and the Azorius Senate is really the lawmakers. Um, the next one is the Boris the Boros Legion and they are the law enforcement. Uh, we talked about the Boros Legion. When does this episode come out? We will talk about the Boros Legion. <laughs> no wait. We talked about the Boros Legion a few episodes ago. Uh, one of our celestial episodes. We talked a lot about the uh, angels that they have there as well. They're pretty righteous and they rule with an iron fist. There's House Demir, which is all about the business of information, and they're all about spycraft. We have the Golgari Swarm, which is a little bit different. These guys are underground, and they have uh, the run by an elf lich, who is, again, not necessarily evil, or if evil, not necessarily looking over to take over the world or, or trying to kill everybody. He's just running his guild. But everybody in the Golgari Swarm is a little bit decayed a little bit rotten a little bit i was gonna say infested yeah, yeah and it's not just like like maggots and stuff though it's also like fungus or i was thinking this would be it would be a good like circle of the spore druid kind yeah. of feel um is, is this the book where circle spore druid came from i have no idea i think it might be actually uh yeah it is actually well there you go see <laughs> i'm just that good yeah <laughs> um there are the Gruul clans, and the Gruul clans are actually a bunch of small barbarian, like, ranging clans that are out there beyond the city limits. They're anarchists. And the clans operate as one unit when dealing with the other guilds, but then amongst themselves, they're their own smaller clans as well. There's the Izzet League, which is about as scientific and engineering as you can get in the name of magic. So they're going to take different kinds of magic and slam them together and see what the fuck happens. It's pretty wild. You would expect gnomes would be really at home here if gnomes existed in Ravnica. 
There's the Orzhov Syndicate, which is if you were to take the Mafia and the Catholic Church and slam them together, I know what you're thinking, yeah, yeah, it already is a Mafia. But no, seriously, if it was like an undead pseudo-religion that was based on debts and owing people and favors and indentured servitude, I think, Casey, actually, you're going to run into this in the undead section because they're run by a council of ghosts. Cool. Um... We also have the Cult of Rakdos, which is an evil carnival that loves blood orgies. Who doesn't? Okay. <laughs> um, then we have the Celestia Conclave, which is where your druids come from normally. Um, these are the plants and uh, dryads and treants and stuff like that. Um, as a matter of fact, I think that they are run by some like really high-powered dryads and like arch-druids and shit as well, so... And then we have the Simic Combine, which is its own crazy shit that I think, Dave, you're going to cover in a little bit more depth later. A little but bit. The idea here is that they like to graft animal parts onto themselves to make themselves better. And they're pretty aquatic themed, right? Yeah. Um, so there we go. That's the ten guilds. As you can imagine, they all have they all bring something different to the table, to the like landscape of Ravnica and what people, what the citizens um, can turn to for different resources and different um, different things or services that they might need. And there is a base common level of just eking out a normal existence and a regular life for most people. But we're D&D players, so like it's not going to be a normal quiet life. It is going to be, we're part of the Is It League and we're blowing shit up. We want to see what happens. We jam snow inside lightning. Or we are over in uh, the Simic combine where we're just going to be like hey you know what that guy doesn't have enough uh crab eyes on his face let's do that for a bit right so there's there's just some weird shit going on in the background you know what we need to do we need to make everything rot okay <laughs> love it <laughs> so so it's really different flavors than we're used to in D&D. but one of the big things that's a difference that i want to touch on for this episode specifically is the fact that the playable races are radically different here now, the playable races are radically different in Eberron as well as Greyhawk. And but not else. like this. Not like this. Yeah. So, let me get into it. First and foremost, there are no dwarves, halflings, gnomes, tieflings, dragonborn, orcs, or the half and hats. Those from the player's handbook do not exist in Ravnica. There's also none of the stuff from uh, Volo's Guide to Monsters or um, Spelljammer or like the, all of yeah. the other ones that are out there. They don't exist here. Even your type of elves are limited. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we don't get sea elves here. We don't get Eladrin. Um, but what we do get um, are centaurs and minotaurs as well. We're not going to be talking about them today. But we do get them here. And it was Ravnica that introduced them as a medium size. And as much as everybody railed against it when it happened, including me, it makes a hell of a lot of sense. And I do like having two different versions of them to play with in my campaigns. That way I can have a large size scary ass minotaur as well as Minotaur NPCs and players, right? So, um, without having to deal with all of that level adjustment shit that we had to go through in previous editions. Oh, it was fine. <laughs> you, you guys can't see Dave deadpanning me with this. Oh, yeah, the level adjustment system was great. You want to be a level one barbarian, but you want to be a Minotaur because you're large size too? You have everybody else in the party is going to be level three. You start at level one because you get bonus shit. So... Your level progression is stunted as a result. Yeah, essentially your your race was so powerful that it was like having three levels of a class. So your level one base was essentially level four. So I would hate that. Some of them got out of hand. I think the centaur in particular was a mm -hmm. 
was a, a level adjustment of eight. Yeah. Like so it was, oh my. Yeah, gosh. like it, it gets ridiculous. No. Three point five got out of hand. This is a game you could do fifteen hundred damage in a round, no problem. Oh yeah, and everybody is. <laughs> yeah. But also, you can get one shot, like. No problem. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to grapple, everybody buckle up. It's going to take three and a yeah, half Yeah, we're going hours. to bust out the books. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> all 900 of the books. All right, so what do we have to play? We have humans. Humans are still the majority here, but only by like a slight margin. They're not the like overwhelming majority that we get in some of the other areas, um, some of the other campaign settings. Humans didn't found a single one of the ten guilds, and they don't run any of them. Except there are some human ghosts in the uh, Obzidat Council, which runs the Orzhov Syndicate, like I mentioned. Um, but they are present in every guild, and they're the only race that is present in every guild. So if you wanted to be able to like change guilds, there's rules, there's punishments for that, like don't do that. But humans probably the way to do that if you wanted to infiltrate. I assume there's a lot of them in House Demir. Um, when it comes to elves, we get high elves, but they've all essentially been transformed into Simic hybrids. There's not a whole lot of high elves left. And the ones that are still around that you could tell are, are high elves are like gaunt and weird looking and pale. And they're, they're losing what makes them elves through experimentation. Wood elves are tied to the Celestia Conclave, which is the druidy one. That makes a whole lot of sense. But drow is not a word in um, Ravnica. They do have dark elves, but they're called Devkarin elves. Do you remember we did the Devkarin lich? Yeah. Right? So I think the, the uh, Devkarin mm-hmm. elves are like the evil kind of elves, except they're, they're, like, they're still underground. They tend to be aligned with the Golgari swarm, and they are basically the same coloration as wood elves. So they don't even look like drow the way you think. They're just dark elves. Um, elves in Ravnica don't have family names. So that's another interesting different thing about them is they've kind of given up that nature um, and they get a little bit like they're weird in Ravnica. They All of them have a gimmick to them. They weren't exactly that normal in the other kinds. You no, know? but like they're even more <laughs> alien in this setting. Yeah. Uh, and then there's goblins. Goblins in this are, they're going to sound, this is going to sound rel- relatively familiar, but crank it up to 11. They're impulsive, highly emotional, and prone to acts of destruction. And whereas your regular goblin is prone to acts of destruction, like they're going to hit you with the mallet, no, these ones are going to light the black powder and roll it into the market. So um, they like pranks, they're quick to cower in fear, and they tend to appreciate it when other people suffer. There are no other goblinoids. No hobgoblins, no bugbears, no verdun, just goblins. And they fill the roles of the other goblinoids as well, they're closely tied to the Izzet League, where the like curious nature of the Verdon fit, uh, fits in. The Gruul clans, where bugbears would fit in. And the Rakdos cult, where regular goblins would fit in. But sometimes they're also a part of the Boros Legion, where they are like, they've learned that they need more purpose to their destruction. And so that's where the hobgoblins would normally fit in. But no, they're just, just goblins. The cool thing about them is that they've all got really weird goblin names too. Like normally, goblin names are pretty like, underwhelming they're usually funny like boblin the goblin or they're like my name is schmeck right like there's not a whole lot to them but these ones have really weird ones they're all x's and v's and z's like kalazax and vazuzav and like they've all got really fucking weird names yeah i got a card named uh krenko yeah krenko is actually one of the main npcs the, the <laughs> of course it is yeah <laughs> um 
the adventure in Ravnica is called Cranko's Way, and it takes you from level one to three. There you and go. you dick around with Cranko for a bit. There so. you go. I have a goblin deck. It's all goblins, and it's an all red deck. And uh, my God, is deck? it so much fun? No, um, it is so much fun. It's all like one man, and they all do like one one damage. But you get so many fucking goblins out, they just swarm you to death. Right? You can put out as many six six creatures as you want. They're blocking one goblin every turn, and you're getting hit by fifteen of them. They are just like the definition of chaos, for, right? right? Yeah, they are just they just like <laughs> overwhelm, and that's how they conquer. Yeah, you got to get it done, right? And and it's it, it's great. So there are three other playable races, and those are the ones we're going to be talking about today. Um, so let's grab our dice and see who's going to talk first. It will be red this time. And what? Uh, oh, we tied. Tie. All right, roll, roll off. off. I would have laughed at a three. Ooh, 16 again. Oh, and a one. Um, all right, Dave, you're first. Bring us home. What do we got? All right, so I got the Simic Hybrid, but before we talk too much about it, you got to understand what the Simic Combine is. Okay, now, again, we just went over. It's one of the guilds, okay? Uh, there is little known about the founder of the guild except that Simic was either their first or last name. That's it. That's all they know. Uh, the original mission was to oversee the idea of public health in Ravnica, but that slowly got transformed into the idea of, you know, doing like biological experimentation and stuff like Through that. Through vaccines! Uh, yeah, it turned into the balloon. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> Never mind. Move uh, on. Move I, on. I hate that. Uh, <laughs> it turned into the belief that in order to thrive, nature and civilization needed to cooperate, and they were trying to rush that along. Okay. Mm. So kind of a strange little little idea. They did have uh, two main goals that they work on. Uh, one of them goes by hold fast, and it's the idea of to stay rooted. Uh, the Simic Combine is essentially like an underwater. Um, they, they deal mostly underwater. Uh, most of their creatures are underwater creatures. It's very underwater oriented. So, uh, are they underwater? Dave? Yeah, a little bit underwater. <laughs> okay. They're very moist. Okay. Okay. Uh, but so the holdfast idea is like um, kind of in line with, you know, the kelp and the other like sea sponges attached to the ground. Stay rooted in your beliefs. Don't become adrift from nature, right? Like a barnacle. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. And the other the other goal is um, uh, upwelling, which is named after the process of the nutrient-rich water coming to the top, right? And it's kind of the idea of let the new, you know, do away with the old and, you know... Like okay. a recycling of the, the cycling of water. Yeah, so they call that a hold fast and upwelling, okay? Hold fast is to promote nature, upwelling is to perfect nature. Sure. If, if that makes sense, okay? Yeah. Now, in the Simic Combine, there's... Pretty sure a, those are both sex moves, but okay, keep going. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I said keep going. Anyways, anyways. That's right, so keep in, going. So inside the Simic Combine, there is a faction called the Adaptationists. Which is just an absolute wanky name. Yeah, that is the like, one. What do you call yourself? We call ourselves the Adaptationists. <laughs> right? Like, fuck off. You you know they have drum circles. Oh, yeah. These, these guys are just the wankiest wanks. Uh, they believe that guild wars are inevitable, okay? There's a lot going on in the political landscape like, of Ravnica. I'm sorry, like guild wars? Like that, that ad that keeps popping up and every time I'm on Reddit? <laughs> guild wars. It's inevitable. Yeah. They'll get you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot going on in the political landscape um, that I'm not going to get into, but they really do believe that there's an all-out guild war coming. And to prepare for this, one of the, the scientists of the Simic 
Combine have started what they call the Guardian Project. And that's where they got these Simic hybrids is from the Guardian Project. They want to make these biological hybrids uh, specifically from humans, high elves, and Vedelkin. Uh, com- Vedelkin. I know, it threw me further. I've been saying Vedelkin until I did the research for this episode. Vidalkin. I'm going to screw that up in perpetuity. Okay. I innately thought Vidalkin. There you go. Hey. Yes. For once. All right. You I read the podcast. All right. Well, then here. You, you do the rest of this. You say the pronunciation? Yes. All right. That was, that was quite the meteoric rise and fall. Yeah. I digress. Nothing gold can stay. No. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so they take those those three races that I'm not going to pronounce properly, uh, the one, and combine them with various sea creatures to make the Simic hybrids uh, in the anticipation of uh, this, this coming guild war. In fact, some Simic hybrids will uh, refer to themselves as guardians. Okay. Okay, which was really interesting because the Vidalkin... Yeah. Uh, are, are blue skinned, right? Yeah. And could be guardians, and you just made Bob. <laughs> From reboot? From yeah. reboot, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, so, okay. Right. It doesn't seem like there necessarily is a lot of consent with these animals and races being combined, or are there. It's like, oh, you are a willing participant. The races are certainly. Like the humanoid creatures are certainly willing participants. Uh, the animals, not so much. No, I, I would imagine it doesn't say <laughs> that specifically anywhere. But you know, if they if they don't say it, you know, they're really saying, you know, yeah, yeah right. Oh yikes! Yeah, this is some fucking Sea World shit we're doing right now. Oh, it's Sea World meets the island of Doctor Moreau. Right? Hey. Yeah, as we say in Canada, everyone loves Marine Land. <laughs> yikes! <laughs> yikes! Uh, so, anyways, because of of this hybridization that they go through. It's kind of hard to pin down what a, a standard uh, Simic hybrid looks like. They no two are the same. They are almost always part of the Simic Combine. You are going to find very few Simic hybrids that are not part of the Combine. They do exist, but if they exist outside of the Combine and that guild, then most other guilds are not going to be uh, quick to trust them. Sure, right. unless they were, like, flipped or turned or... Like, I could see them working for House Demir, but nobody knows it. Yeah, like, there, there's certainly routes to go, but if you're going to play a Simic hybrid nine out of ten times, you're probably going to be... fast. Part of, yeah, or or up well, whichever tickles your... Never mind. Your barnacle. <laughs> I, I lost the metaphor ages ago. Let's just keep moving on here. Uh, the other thing that you should know about them is that uh, they do uh, mostly keep their original name, like, from when they were humanoid... Uh, but sometimes they do elect to take names that will reflect the transformation that they've made. What, like what? Like, my name is Clawfist. I guess. Taserface. Like, is that? Yes, it does specifically say that uh, some of them name themselves, but some of them were named by their creators. Sure. So get as fun with it as you want, I suppose. Okay. Uh, Other than that, um, you would think that being human... Vidalkin or uh, or High Elf would give you some sort of stat advantage going into this, but it does not. Uh, the stat increases you get are a plus two to con and a plus one to any other uh, stat. Okay? okay, and that is that doesn't matter what previous race you are. Well, you're replacing whatever it was with the the Simic hybrid, right? Like yeah, uh, their age they age about the same um, at the same rate as the original race. However, it does specifically say that uh, it is accelerated, so they tend not to live quite as long. However, the Guardian Project 
has not been around for very long. Uh, so the, the information behind it is quite scarce. <clears throat> Nobody quite re really knows too much. Uh, they are medium creatures. They have a speed of 30 feet. They get dark vision. Uh, they speak common and elven or Vidalcan, your choice. And where they get really interesting, though, is their enhancements, where they, they get their, their animal features. They get two, one at level five. Sorry, one at level one, one at level five. The level ones, you get to pick one of them. You get Manta Glide. Now, this essentially negates the first 100 feet of fall damage due to your ray-like fins, okay? So you get these little fins that stick out the side, and they allow you to essentially glide. They like do not... you talked about. Yeah. Yeah, they do not let you fly, though. Specifically, do not let you fly. And it gets even more uh, granular with, for every two feet of horizontal movement, it costs one foot of vertical movement. So you can so you, really play with the gliding shit. aspect. So if you, if you fall 100 feet, you can go 200 feet that way. Yes. So you can essentially double your horizontal movement by jumping off of something. And you're not going to take any fall damage. But if it goes 110 feet, you're going to take 1d6. <laughs> Muffin. Right? Okay, yeah, sure. Why not? So that's that's not so bad. No. That's way better than the next one, Nimble Climber. You get a climb speed that equals your walk speed. Hey, you know what? There will be some times when that matters, it fucking matters. Sure, but the third one you get is Underwater Adaptation, which allows you to breathe air and water and gives you a swim speed equal to your walk speed. Why would you take Climb? Right? You can either you can either do Glide Super Far or Underwater Adapt, like breathing underwater and air. Fair. If you're, if you're going to be in... How many? You get one of these or two of these? One of these. At, at first level, you get to pick one of these. There are three more you get to pick from at fifth level at all. If I'm going to be out in the like the plains area, the ruins and stuff, I might want to climb because I'm not going to really be able to use the Manta Glide. Sure. This is one of those things that if you're you going to... If you know what you're in for. Yeah, yeah. you're going to kind of know where you're going to be. If you're going to be underwater, you probably take the underwater. If you're going to be on the side of cliffs, you take the glide, right? Like, Climb is going to be the best thing for Tomb of Annihilation, mm -hmm. right? Or Curse of Strahd, I guess, because there, there's some place, some crypty, underground kind of things. You might want to scale the, the cliff face that has the Castle Ravenloft on it. Like, Climb might be useful there. But yeah, most, most of the time. But maybe. this is the ability you're going to pick when you make your character at first level and you're stuck with it the whole time. Yeah. Right? I'm probably not going to pick the Climb one. Uh, again, depends on the... On the campaign I'm going to play. I guess. Anyways, the, the fifth level abilities uh, are Carapace, which gives you a plus one to AC as long as you're not wearing heavy armor. Okay? I was going to say the Artificers just got real excited, but but yeah, there we go. Can't be wearing heavy armor, yeah. There's uh, one thing I've learned to hate recently, Casey. It's armors. <laughs> Casey. AC 21 at level five. Casey. Must be nice. I will not apologize for my choices. But Badass. You, but, but you're still getting knocked down, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting targeted, that's why. Back tactics are a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Glad I can fly. Uh, the, the second ability you can choose at fifth level is grappling appendages. You Ooh, have two arm-like yeah. appendages that kind of like stick off. They're related to your arm. They don't stick out the side of your ribcage like a Prince Gordo from Mortal Kombat. Sure, yeah. But, um, you know, they, they kind of like come off of the top of your arm. And they can either be like a claw or a tentacle. So we're sticking with that underwater theme here, okay? As an action, each appendage can start a grapple, okay? And they are also each a natural weapon. They give you an unarmed strike. They do 1d6 damage, uh, plus your strength damage. Okay. 
Uh, and immediately after a successful attack, you can attempt to grapple as a bonus action. The the one thing, though, is it does say you cannot wield weapons or magic items or do any, like, fine motor skills. It's not going to open a door. It's not going to turn a key. It's not going to do... It's not going to hold no, your drink. You, you, you smack and rap. Yeah, it's pretty much that. You you pinch, pinch, I pinch, I pinch. I pinch. And you slap. Right? That's, that's pretty much all they do. Smack and rap. Uh, the third ability you get is Acid Spit, because I'm sure that's what we needed in this. Not even touching the no. key. No. Yeah. Uh, up there with ink, right? Yeah. Uh, as an I action... Like <laughs> as an action, you can target one creature or object. Uh, must be able to see that within 30 we, we feet. We don't objectify That's pretty good that's... range, 30 feet. 30 feet? That's okay. Well, I'm thinking even with like most Dragonborn breath weapons, you're only getting 15 out of it, right? What's Acid Splash? Acid Splash, like the, the cantrip... I, it's not 30 feet, is it? I don't know off the top of my head. It might I don't be. know either. Yeah. We will be told. <laughs> we will be told. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Uh, while you look it up, the acid spit, um, it's not a, It's not an attack. It's not a ranged attack. The target gets to make a deck save. Uh, the idea is that this is kind of like a fine-tuned attack, right? More like an oh, arrow. Shit. Acid splash is 60 feet. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. But it's not an attack. It makes a save, right? Yeah, it's a deck save. Yeah, this is the same idea. This is kind of like a, a targeted more of an arrow than a splash, right? Okay. Is uh, this a line? A 30-foot line? Or no, it it's just... It's more like a glob that you're going to get. You you could... Oh, okay. I would allow my players to shoot that at uh, handcuffs or manacles and try to melt through it. It's going to have a high AC and maybe a chance to hit their friend in the manacles but you know it, it's the targeted idea right gotcha uh at first level it does 2d10 damage on a failed save uh the deck save is eight plus your con save plus your proficiency modifier so not bad considering you get the plus two con to begin with it kind of plays to that strength yep uh and that increases to 3d10 at 11th level and 4d10 at 17th level so that's kind of nice again you're not going to get this until fifth level so that's why it comes out hitting it's hard. It's always so fucking weird that they have paired acid with water in D&D. How many acidic things are there under the ocean? There's venomous, there's toxic, there's poisonous. But that's poison. That's not acid. It's just always interesting. Or it could even be necrotic, right. but not acid. Poison would make more sense. Yeah, the, I, like it's just interesting. And the only time it's ever made sense to me was one of the big elementals, the big water elemental was doing acid damage, but that was because it was like, you'd get caught in its space, it would flay the skin off of you, like it was just rushing, boiling water, and just pulling it off your body, right? Like, that was the flavor of it. For the most part, acid and water, I don't know why they did it. Somebody hit us up in the comments somewhere, like, why acid and water? Where the hell did that come from? Yeah, it's kind of a weird one. What what aquatic creature spits acid? But, like, you see it around the corners of 5th edition, all over the place. Acid and water creatures go together. I think it might just be one of those, we need to throw it in somewhere. What haven't we done in a while? Throw some acid in there. It doesn't not fit. It doesn't mm. particularly fit, but you know. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's not like you're doing cold damage on a fire creature, right? Like yeah. it's not diametrically opposed, but still it's it's an odd one. It doesn't sit right with me and I'd like to know the mentality. I, w I want it to make sense somehow. Yep. The, the only other uh, two pieces of information about the acid spit are that uh, you get a number of times equal to your con modifier, and uh, or you regain them all on a long rest, specifically, not a short okay. rest. So it's How much damage does it do? 2d10, but you get it at 5th level, and then it increases again at 11th to 3d10, and 4d10 at 17th You're level. You're going to use this frequently enough. Like That's not going to be your go-to move, but it, you'll probably see it once every couple sessions. 
if I'm going to use my fist level ability, I'm going to be using it often. So I'll probably... Yeah, but you're going to outpace it depending on your, your abilities, right? Like... Yeah, I mean, these guys really swing martial, right? Because uh, of the grapple shit? Yeah, yeah, because of the grapple stuff. So it's kind of it's kind of nice to have the idea of grappling something and being able to spit as well, right? Or be able to grapple something and still have a slam attack. Or, mm -hmm. or you know, your unarmed attack hitting as well, sure. right? Sure, yeah. But... And that's that's pretty much all there is for the uh, for the Civic Hybrid. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Well, I'll max out at fifth level. Yeah. We don't tend to get more racial shit after fifth level. No, everything else is class based, right? Yeah. All right. Well, let's grab dice because I got questions. Uh, okay. Pick a yellow one this time. I'm um, red. All right, Casey, you're going first. Nice. I critically failed. Yes. Um, do you have any quest ideas about these guys? Some that you would. Build, and not just a quest, but like a plot hook or a encounter that you would throw together. Like, what stands out as being fun Simic hybrid shit? Okay. Well, I like how um, many of them could look similar, but depending on what you select out of those options, they can be actually quite different mm -hmm. in their attacks abilities. Um, for this, I would say... It could easily go into your navigating to try and find some sort of um, mad wizard, red wizard, and you need to come into some catacombs and you end up going underwater mm -hmm. in a dungeon and you find the horde of but, creatures. And yeah. maybe the rejects, maybe they're mm -hmm. actually really nice. And so they're like, it's like Toy Story. <laughs> where... if, if, if you look at, at the best area in here, there are rejects. There are yeah. like, horrifying <laughs> monsters in here. Yeah, the, the Simic Combine's underwater and there's like nine different like tunnels and chutes and there's laboratories all over each one of them. So like yeah. it makes... There's yeah. a there's a full dungeon. Oh too. yeah, yeah. You're you're hitting the nail. Like okay. That. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So I'm not thinking too far out of the box, but that is like a very interesting way to encounter bizarre creatures. Um, and uh, I think if you go further and further in, you might get the larger and larger, more like disturbing ones. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would actually make them nice. And if you talked to them, you. <laughs> Getting Frankenstein vibes here. <laughs> they they might actually become an ally, but most people won't because they're scary looking. That's what I would do. I, I am absolutely, as a player here, I'm going to come to the table with a, I did not want this done to me. I want revenge. The interesting thing here about the experimentation and like the saving of people and whatnot, you know, like it feels very Frankenstein and sci-fi and kind of cool with the... There's also the darker side where I'm thinking of like Joseph Mengele, who is doing like actual experiments on on twins in Nazi concentration camps. Interesting. I listened to the Behind the Bastards on him like a week ago. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Good timing then. He's a fucking crackpot. Yeah. And they had some just wild experimentation for the sake of experimentation, and that was like not really founded on science as much as it was what happens if we stitch two people together, right? Like, and specifically twins because. They have, like, a control sample as well. Like, fucking weird and horrible shit. And I think that if I'm going to be a player that comes to the table with, I hate the Simic Combine, look what they did to me. As a, as I want my DM to lean into the evil of it, right? 
they're trying to save the world through eugenics. You're going to give and the like Simic hybrid a twin that's not a Simic hybrid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like the left half of them is, is a tentacle stuff. Well, the right half is also wandering around somewhere <laughs> with, with a bunch of crap bits on him, right? Like, I would absolutely do that kind of crazy body horror shit, but I would lean into the pure evil behind that kind of science. Yeah, I, I think there is like some some evil rooted here. I, I think that when you get to the bottom of it, if I was going to do a campaign, I would probably uh, base it on the adaptationists and find that they are these evil people that are planning to overthrow this guardian project. Is you know them getting their their agents out into the into the world and uh, you know maybe shutting that down or something before you know everything goes tits up. There are a number of things um, in Ravnica. Every one of the guilds feels like it could be real evil with just a small tweak, right? Yeah, this the whole world feels yeah. just a hair off, right? Yeah, and, but like that makes me think that the the propaganda machine is going full tilt in this world. Every guild is spreading lies and rumors about every other guild, and to make them seem more evil than they actually are. Like it, this could feel like a really dark, almost neo-noir kind of world as well where like you're in the back alleys of the rainy city trying to get information out of a fence right who's sitting there and you i'm no stoolie but like you need to find out what's going on down at the docks of the cynic combine and like it could get fucking wild here and i really like that kind of flavor uh casey do you have any role-playing tips for either dealing with npcs or as a player dealing with the uh, simic hybrids don't forget about the abilities you have <laughs> because <laughs> they're pretty interesting um i think i really liked your idea of them not being happy with what was done to them like mm -hmm. being resentful and they might even try you might even play it to try and be hiding what happened to them for as long as they possibly can and then they reveal it later on um they could have a side agenda. You could have a side agenda of trying to seek out who your creator was. Uh, could you imagine if you played a warlock who was a um, great old one or a fathomless warlock? Because they're the they're the water themed ones, right? And you're actually gung ho. I flip it the other direction. You're gung ho about it. I prayed to this underwater kraken or whatever it is, and they gave me all these powers. And look, now I got tentacles. How great are these yeah. guys? You guys should join up. <laughs> and just consistently trying to get the rest of the party to, hey, you want to swim speed? Hey, you want to be able right. to spit acid? You know what I can do with this claw, right? Like, that could be wild, too. Like, like, I love the idea of going kind of dark with it, but you can go zealot cultist dark with it, too, in the other direction. Yeah. Imagine having both of those players in the party. One that's resentful, and I've, I've seen this in shows too, the, the, the like soldier that's resentful and then the soldier that is like gung-ho gung -ho for whatever. <laughs> mm -hmm. Role-play those two together. <laughs> and there are spells like Modify Memory and shit as well that are really insidious that your players will never pick. They'll skim right over to the PHB, but then you like apply it to plots like this. That's fucking dark. Yeah, you could do a whole, like, Wolverine plot like this, only yeah. instead of Metal Claws, it's actual Wolverine. Because I, I would certainly reskin this or allow my players to reskin this within reason, I right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, there's a lot you can do with just, you don't necessarily, I wouldn't keep them beholden to the underwater theme. I would probably let them play with it a little bit. 
Within, again, within reason. Yeah. I Like, I might go, I might let them do reptile amphibian. Yep. Maybe even some bird if it's like seabirds, like gulls and cranes and things. But I'm not, I'm probably not going to let them be a lion. No, that's fair. Um, no, for role playing though, the one thing that I want to think about is tentacles dry out and they get gross. If you have acid spit. You I... should see a doctor. <laughs> tentacles. Tentacles, Dave. Is that? All right. If you have acid spit, I bet your voice is hoarse and you're talking like a chain smoker the whole time. Mm. And like your lips are cracked. Maybe even they've burned away a little bit so your teeth are always showing. Right? Like I would get fucking gross with this. (laughs) I absolutely would. And have maybe just always have that kind of like the wet mouth kind of feel to everything you're saying because they've like giving you gills and shit too right i don't like that but yes right but like it feels like i really wanted to gross gross things with these guys yeah they can be a little gross i like the idea of when these guys hit that uh fifth level side they get another ability is that like imprinted into them genetically when they go through this process (laughs) and they just like grow these appendages this is my role play opportunity here because they're in the middle of a battle, they're level four, they're about to hit level five. All of a sudden in battle, oh, by the way, you start to feel this burning sensation, you know, in your neck. And you're going to throw them off, right? They're not going to know what the hell that's about, what's going on. Well, you're about to level. That's great. Cool. But, you know, you can kind of engineer that to be a little fun. And again, you can get really gross with it too. The, the idea of um, just the, the tentacles... Uh, coming out of your arms like suddenly and stuff. sprouting out of your shoulders yeah right like there, there's that transformation that i think there's a really good opportunity there you can you can have fun with that um yeah yeah it's gross yeah so one of the goblinoids the verdon from acquisitions incorporated i don't remember if it's level three or level five but they go from a small creature to a medium creature almost overnight at that level up just bam now they're this tall um, and there's no real rhyme or reason, except it's in the, like, their chaotic nature, right? Which is kind of their whole backstory. And we covered this in one of the Goblinoid episodes. But I love the idea of, yeah, this shit is just implanted in there. And that one day, when you least expect it, bam, suddenly new ability. But I love the idea of it being experienced, because mechanically, there's a, a point. But biologically, there isn't. So, what? It's just second puberty, Dave. I guess. When your tentacles drop. <laughs> when you get those acid glands in the back of your throat again i'm not even touching it moving on casey do you have any like exploration tips about how you or or clues that you would know that one of these guys is around or how are they affecting the world around them oh, i hate going first um okay exploration clues for these guys i don't know i feel like they lots of times they wouldn't really want to be found necessarily if if you're going to encounter them um you're probably going to be going somewhere with a lot of just general fuckery and that's what's going to be the indicator of it is it's like i don't know what we're going to encounter in here and then you might hear some like clicking sounds of like the crustacean pieces yeah and then you're gonna just see a fin kind of move along and you realize that it's like somebody like somebody's arm that they're moving themselves along with yeah i feel like like you're right as dave said before they tend to stick with the simic cob line right like you're not gonna they're not gonna be way out in the desert anywhere dicking about right like you're going to find them in their home you go to them they don't come to you 
Unless they fucking want something. Yeah. Well, maybe that's my quest, is that there's a bunch of high elven children that have gone missing. That's what brings us into this. They've been taken as subjects. <laughs> it, it didn't, when I was going through the Simic Combine, it didn't seem like the hybrid, the people taking part of the Guardian Project, it didn't seem like they were necessarily unwilling. No, for the Guardian Project, no. But you got to assume there's more shit going on behind the scenes. Sure, yeah, there could be a dark side under yeah. Valley, yeah. Well, and I kind of like the idea of, like, when you're talking about the fifth level, just selections just emerging. <laughs> yeah. Like, you could have one of these in your party, and perhaps the creator's agenda is that they put a memory in every one of the creatures that they've created that when... Like, they gain whatever ability. The, oh, they mentoring candidate? They just poof, and it goes? And then, yeah. And then they are also told they need to return to wherever. Oh, okay, So then yeah. at one point, when your party levels up to fifth level, suddenly the, oh. the Simic hybrid has this strong urge, you must return back to where it came from, and your whole party Like a salmon? <laughs> like the instinctual I must yeah. return <laughs> and then you end up back there and then the rest of the party sees that's the, interesting the, the adaptation no is yeah. small fry. well no well the, adapta- the adaptationists a, are sending out these characters or these creatures to gain experience and level up and then when they become powerful they come back and put them in stasis for the eventual guild war ah. yeah I also feel like them being like the guild war is coming is actually Pretty good. Like, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's common sense. The Guild Wars. It is coming, yeah. So, the way the Ravnica works, that there was a planeswalker, which is just this guy that can travel between universes. And he showed up and he's like, All right, everybody behave. Stop fighting each other. Here's what's called the Guild Pack. Everyone behave. As long as everyone respects the Guild Pack, all of the guilds are, are, are good. All right, peace. Yes, good. All right, I'm leaving again. Good luck with this. And so, that's where that's where we are in the story, right? So yeah, like, I believe they refer to him as the Guild Pact Incarnate. And because he's now absent, things are all up in the air and war is coming. Yeah. yeah. So. Shocker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what it should have been, is an electric eel thing. It could shock people when I wanted. Yeah, that would be a good Again, one. I'm only going to use this shit to annoy Dan. Like, there's no reason <laughs> for me to get anything else here. Um, so, uh, for exploration and clues... Uh, I don't like honestly I was gonna say like you're just going to find a bunch of sea creatures around right like you know that you are in simic combine territory when there are starfish that are like at the bottom three feet of like the exterior of every building right there's just a handful of barnacles on like in the gutter of the sidewalk there's just going to be that feeling everything smells salty and like like the ocean like briny salty here I just want there to constantly be that feel of you're not in a regular city. You are in mm-hmm. a coastal town, a port area, and it should feel that way. I'm totally going to pull these guys out and change things in Ghost of Salt Marsh, too. Like, these yeah, things yeah, should these... be dicking about in Ghost yeah, of Salt Yeah, like, Marsh. I'm sensing, too, they could be a whole pirate ship. This is yeah. the Pirates you know? of the Caribbean it, yeah. crew, right? Yeah. The Davy Jones's crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, exploration, I was thinking that this would kind of be a neat opportunity to, you guys have to find the Vidalkin with, you know, the one, his right claw is bigger than the other skill challenge kind of idea. 
Oh, you're hunting down the right kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you can... Oh, that guy's got a big left claw, not a big right claw. And, like, you know... Depending on how the skill challenge goes. Yeah, so. yeah, you can see how that works. It's just an interesting uh, interesting idea. Hunting down the appropriate... Yeah. Combination. Right? Oh, my God. Oh, okay, so there was a murderer who... And, like, you're hunting the murderer down. It was the one clawed man. No, no, no. <laughs> He ran to the Simic Combine, and the only way you knew it was him was because he had a tattoo in his left hand. And now you're in the area, and everybody has tentacles for left arms, right? Mm -hmm. So that that clue is gone now, right? You find the room with severed hands in it, and sure enough, there's the hand. Like <laughs> fuck, which one is it now, right? Like there's some cool fucky things to do with these guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, combat ideas. What what's going to make these guys unique? Besides, clearly they grapple real well. Yeah, um, well, typically if you're going to be fighting in some kind of water, that's probably not going to be the party's forte. So you get to play around with a lot of that. The ones that have spells for what, what underwater class would you breathing. Pick for fighting with one of these guys? Like, uh, what class should they be? Oh, jeez. I said warlock before, which, which could fit depending on your build. Monk be awesome. I well, yeah, I was monk. thinking monk as well. <laughs> well, <laughs> grapple and and the acid strikes. spit. Yeah, at the distance without taking up key points. Like that's monk would be pretty badass. Yeah, just but hold I, on to one and keep wailing on it. Yeah, well, I like the I idea, wailing on it. <laughs> I like the idea of uh, grappling, but still being able to hit with your sword or your axe, and yeah. you're still raging yeah. as a barbarian yeah. or a fighter or something like that, right? I can also see uh, a druid. Like a water-themed druid as well, because there are some water spells um, for them. Um, yeah, there are some options here. Um, there's nothing that's like really great options, but there are options here, right? Yep. Any final thoughts on these guys before we move on? No, I think we covered it pretty well. All right. Who rolled next? I don't remember what we rolled. I, I was last. You're, I got a nat last? one in the oh, yeah, jostling. Right. All right. So I'm going to talk about Vidalkin. So Vidalkin are unique creatures. When I first saw them, I was like, what the fuck is this the, i my first introduction to vidalkin was actually a mini that i got it wasn't actually a like reading the book or anything or seeing a magic card i had no idea what these things were these guys are roughly in the range of seven feet tall they're thin but not gaunt and they are completely hairless but the first things that you're going to recognize about them is the fact that they have blue skin and they have no external ear structures they just have like ear holes uh, they also have really broad noses too but, like, not to a point where you necessarily think about it at first. It would just be, by the eighth one, you're like, oh, you all kind of have the same facial structure, right? So, um, Vidal can like to talk. But they're more interested in concepts and ideas than people or gossip. And they rarely talk about themselves. They're not really so much interested in the thing directly in front of them. as more like the broad philosophical idea of things. Uh, when it comes with interacting with Vidalkin... You're going to make friends with them based on common grounds and shared interests, but also if you have a particularly strong opinion, even if you disagree with them. They love the concept of new ideas and will mull them over with a cool and calm passion that seems almost off-putting sometimes. One of the most off-putting things about them is how they like to make plans and are willing to invest vast amounts of patience to see them uh, to their fruition. They are... Almost emotionless robots that will not let go of an idea. Nothing, the whole, their whole perspective is that nothing is perfect. And they embrace the opportunity to improve everything and explore the concept of progress. 
So they're not interested in how the thing works. They're interested in how can we make it better? Is the car fast enough? Cool. We can make it go faster or we can make it more fuel efficient or we can make it safer. And different ones, different Vidalkin will latch on to different things and they will hyper-focus on their one thing and not fucking let it go. They're enthusiastic when it comes to fixing or improving things, even themselves, and they don't actually get downtrodden if they fail or, or anything. That's an opportunity to learn. I guess that experiment didn't work. Let's try something else. When the barbarian fails to break down the door, don't worry. Now we know how strong the door is. Shall we try popping the hinges? They are incredibly curious, and they are very thorough, and they have a unique kind of discipline. They know that perfection is impossible to achieve, but the act of trying to achieve perfection is what is worthwhile. Dan would love to play this. Yeah, I'm glad he doesn't know this exists. This is driving up the phone. <laughs> I was actually, when you were talking about the hyperfixation, I was like, yeah, that's Dan. Yeah. <laughs> so in Ravnica, sometimes they become lawmakers and philosophers, um, like with the Azoria Senate, and sometimes they focus on self-improvements and commit to simic bioengineering, which is what you were talking about before. Occasionally, they will even become... Uh, members of the Is It League because they get to hyper focus on specific like magical experimentation as well. But you're not going to find them out with druids or tending gardens or they don't give a shit. They are out for the big picture, the big idea, or to improve themselves. Hmm. So as fucking weird as they are, here's their, here's their stats. You get uh, ability score increase of plus two to intelligence and plus one to wisdom. You are medium sized, thirty feet is your movement speed. And uh, you age um, a little bit slower than humans do. You reach maturity at around 40, and your lifespan is 350 years, some living as long as 500. So they're long-lived. We lost high elves. These feel like really weird replacements. You get uh, lawful and usually non-evil. Tends to be how they, they operate. But, I mean, nothing set in stone. Like I said before, the tall and slender. I'd say that they're roughly seven feet tall because it specifically says they're like a foot taller than humans and then it's like they're six to six and a half feet what fucking human in D, &D is five feet tall mm -hmm. now we save that shit for elves <laughs> and half elves right they have what's called the vidalkin dispassion which gives you advantage on all all intelligence wisdom and charisma saving throws oof that's fucking powerful uh they also have tireless precision which means you are proficient in one of the following skills uh, arcana, history, investigation, medicine, performance, or sleight of hand. You are also proficient with a single tool of your choice as well. Whenever you make an ability check with the chosen skill or tool, you roll a d4 and then add that number rolled to the check's total. Sure, pretty standard. Sure, but like, can you imagine that on a investigation check? That's going to get used all the time. You get an investigation check and you like you're proficient with it. You already have a plus two to your intelligence, and then... Yeah, your rogues are drooling right now. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're also partially amphibious. You absorb oxygen through your skin, um, like, uh, out of the water, but it only lasts for an hour. And you can do it once per long rest. Interesting. Yeah, so you can essentially breathe underwater for about an hour. Uh, you can speak, read, and write common, Vidalkin, and then just one other language of your choice. So that's what I have for Vidalkin. They seem really weird. Yeah, and like, why make them? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, if we ask that question on every one I of know. these, 
These are absolutely the creators of the Simic hybrids. Like, I feel like <laughs> these are the ones that... These and the high elves got together and thought, how can we make humans better? Like, yeah. They yeah. sat there They sat there over a sushi dinner and went, I got an idea. <laughs> so, let's grab dice because I got questions. Okay. I grabbed the yellow one this time. Favorite. Seven. Two. It's me again. God damn it. So the perfect place, you always want to be in the middle. Right? Because if, if you go last, then... Everybody steals your ideas. Yes. yes. Yeah. If you go first, you're put on the spot. So, uh, quest ideas for these guys. How would you incorporate... Let's flip it from a GM's okay. perspective to a player's perspective. Okay. What's the backstory you're coming to the table with, with one of these guys? Like, what is your plot hook that you bring to the DM? Also, <laughs> also you can choose to hold your action. Which means you go last. <laughs> oh True. my gosh. Yeah. Really? That's a thing? Oh, we do that I, I, all the time. I already did it. Yeah. Okay, I'm doing yeah. it now. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, my quest idea, my, my backstory for these guys. Um, he is determined to know the right way, the, the, the appropriate way to bring balance to the guild pack. He knows the guild pack is flawed. But with a couple of tweakings here and there, and if we really hammer out the language of it, and if if the Golgari Swarm can sit down for a minute and we can get the Gruul Clans to focus for a second, and where everybody gets on the same page, we all understand there's a right legal way to do it. I'm going to come at this as one of the, uh, the, the College of Eloquence bard who is just like, listen, we can word this perfectly so it's an airtight legal bond. Oh my like God. That. And that is... You're always looking for the next thing. So every time that I meet somebody new, every time that I run into a, oh, we're down in the Simic Combine. Interesting. And you guys think perfection is through through grafting clam bits on your face? What are, what are we doing here? How does this make sense to you? Right? Like, th- this, is, this is your definition of perfection. Weird. How the shit am I going to put that in the guild pact? Right? But, like, I think that, that would be a really interesting and curious and also very... Because he's emotionless as well, he's not going to get like too attached to any one idea. The DM is going to be able to get out so much fucking lore through this character. <laughs> right? Yeah. Which just frustrates you, Dave, but it's great for, for DMs like me. Yeah, it does. Uh, first of all, my, 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 big, my big problem with these guys is their, their amphibious trait. They can breathe water through their skin for about an hour. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Just make them hold their breath for thirty fucking minutes. Because they they don't have they don't have um like lung capacity to do that. This is just them being able to. There are some creatures that can do this. They just become waterlogged. There's I get like it, but it just it seems that. so goddamn specific for no fucking reason. Look, you give know. me rounds, give me hour, give me a specific like this shouldn't be a, a once a day ability, right? No, then they get waterlogged. They got to pee it out. Sure, make that canon because it probably is for a lot of people now. <laughs> but it's like it just doesn't make sense. Just have them. Be able to hold their breath for X amount of time. They can hold it for no, four times gymnastic. longer no, than no, normal. No, fuck. We already have things we can do. But that. yeah, like are, are they we... in Ravnica? Because we're missing a lot of shit, and the stuff that we're getting to replace it isn't that enticing. No, but the Vidalkin are in. I can put them in Forgotten Realms. Not the Forgotten Realms is I can't put a Vidalkin in there. Sure, they just they like what's so special about them? Oh, hold on. Let me tell you all the things they can do, Dave. 
Well, it's not that special, right? Like the 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 advantage thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. On the intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Yeah, that's that's Jesus, that's powerful. That's what they got, right? That's their yeah. thing, right? That's cool and all. I why, think, why did we need? Are they? I think water based creatures. Like what? Why is it all of a sudden they can sort of breathe through their skin? It just and seems when like a weird line to draw. Come into play where it's like. Oh, this gives me an advantage over everyone else in the party. I don't. I think I don't think it's an advantage over everybody else. I think that when you've got a simic hybrid in the party, nobody else here. It's not like tritons are available or CLs or anything else. When the whole party is going to go underwater, when because there will be water fights in Ravnica, somebody else has to be kind of good at this. This is one of those rules that we're just going to be we're. We, as our group, are going to treat it as them having water breathing until that one session where it actually comes into play, and then the player gets all shitty about it. It just—it seems like there's just a problem waiting to happen with this. Why? Why did you have to make it this fucking specific? Just give it something ridiculously easy that people can follow. That's what fifth edition is, right? It's supposed to be easily palatable. This is just making it needlessly. I don't know, complex. man. I really like it. This is this is. I don't dislike it. I just think it's cheap. It's just—it's not good enough. Really? Yeah. It seems powerful. Like uh, overall, it seems relatively powerful. It seems like you have a bunch of cool mechanics. It's got a really interesting lore that makes them unique from everything else, right? To the point, like, they're curious, but they're not fucking kinder, right? Thank Christ. Thank, yeah, like, yeah. We, we don't have... They're, they're not quite a gnome. They're not quite a triton or a sea elf. They're, like, they, they kind of bridge the gap between a lot of different playable race bits and pieces. But they don't and do any of it well. They do all of it well. What do you mean they don't do any of it they well? They do the, the advantage as well. That's about it. That, that beats the shit out of trancing for four hours and not being able to be put to sleep, which shows up three times in a campaign. Come on now. Charmed and sleep happens all the time. Sleep, do, sleep doesn't happen all the time. Charm does? Nah, it doesn't matter. He's got, <laughs> yeah, but does it come up as often as being able to, to be proficient and add a D4 to investigation? That's fucking huge. I don't know. It comes up more often than being able to breathe water through your skin for an hour until you can rest again. Uh, yeah, but I could grab literally any one of the, pl- the playable races and be like, here's a useless piece of shit that's added to it. Every one of them has just fucking nonsense added to them, right? Like, Yeah, and I'm pointing out this one in particular. Yeah, I don't know why you honed in on the Vidalkin. I just think that you're pissed off because they are a little bit different. Because they're blue, devoody, devoody. <laughs> Casey? I am so entertained. <laughs> so, Casey, do you have any, like, quest or, or role play or not role playing but, uh, like, plot hook bits? Okay, so I, I think, <laughs> just take a few deep breaths, Dave. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So, I imagine, <laughs> this is going to probably sound ridiculous. Okay. So I imagine coming across a community where the leader never wanted to be the leader, but was just really good at shit. And so people started following them. And then like, you know, it's like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna set my tent up over here near you. And pretty soon they have this community that they are making, they are making the community thrive because they're good at shit and mm-hmm. they know shit. And they're like, no, you can do that better. Do it this way. But internally they're like slowly dying because they're like, I hate this so much. Everybody keeps coming to me and talking about their lives, and I don't care. Yeah. 
So it's like they're the most amazing leader, but they're hor actually horrible at the same time. That sounds fun and entertaining. Yeah, the the, the hyper focusing <laughs> side of them just like screams useful yet fucking annoying. Yeah, and maybe you need to um, seek out this person, or you just come across this like traveling group that's getting larger and larger, and you have to talk to them, and they're like, "Please do not join. Please don't tell me like what the, you're the doing." Reluctant cult leader. Yeah. Because it's like, you're going to tell me, and I'm going to know a better way to do it, and then I'm going to help you, and I can't take on any more. <laughs> and the artifice is like, yeah, but I just want to figure out how to. Oh, yeah. oh fuck. All right. <laughs> and, like, you can't keep it to yourself, because it's all about progress, right? Yeah. So you figure it out, and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Give it to me. I'll show. I'll just show you how to do this really quickly. Do you think they get, Dave, do they think they get frustrated when other people don't understand the things that come to them naturally? So you're calling me a Vidalkin? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see right through that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's why I hate them. Um, it's because I can't breathe underwater for an hour through my skin. And you're clearly not hairless. <laughs> At least once a day until I sleep again, and that sleep will allow well, my skin no, no, to no, breathe no, water. To do with the, it's just after a long rest. Okay, after I... Rest for a long amount of time. That after you binge a series on Netflix, you can do it again. <laughs> Role-playing ideas. Casey, do you have anything <laughs> role-playing for these guys? Uh, I really like the idea of them having a familiar... Familiar? Familiar? Yep. Familiar? <laughs> a familiar that is some sort of, like, Simic hybrid artificer concoction of, like, a little... Like, I don't know. It's got fins, but it, it, it like, it, was it, merged it, with a creature it, it, that has some legs that can run on the ground with it. it. It's a baseball-sized apparatus of Qualish. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, the, yeah, the little crab tank. The little crab tank. Yeah. <laughs> what? It, okay. I don't know no, what no, you're talking no, about. No, you, don't, you won't know what we're talking about. All right, so so, so there, there, there is uh, an item in 3.5. It may all, actually be in 5th. It's in 5th edition as well. It's in, it's in one of the... Uh, PDFs that you can find online. It's essentially uh, a large metal barrel that has It'll six, six legs and crab claws at the front. And it looks like a crab. Okay. Okay. Yep. But you can fit, I think, up to three people inside of it. Oh, geez. And it's fairly it, it, impenetrable. I think it's four people, and each one gets a lever, and you got to like use your turn to pull the lever so one leg moves. But, but, oh, one yeah. but the levers do different things every round. <laughs> so, like, no, that's what it was in 3.5. It's a little bit more streamlined now, but it still takes entire cooperation but this thing also acts as a submarine yeah you, you, you can go it would have it. that and yeah. it would make it better <laughs> yeah but i feel like it would it would it technically be a homunculus but it would be like palm size and in the exact shape of the apparatus of quality you should be like why didn't you guys just figure this out jesus christ do you think vidalkin made warforged a vidalkin artificer yes <laughs> i just could I, be no no you didn't uh <laughs> i watch no i, watch I don't think Dave's so i don't twitch so. a little bit no no, actually, I, I, I did a lot of, of relating this to Eberron, as I do with everything, um, even outside of D&D. But uh, the, the, like, this whole Simic, like, mixing um, uh, races and, and animals and stuff. We've, we've got a species, different, the, mixing different species. species. That's the one. Uh, we've got that in Eberron as well, right? Like, there's the, uh, what are they called? The mage, mage. Rot. Rot. Um, where they like imbue magic into the creature. Rot, W R O U G H T, not made of rot. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Where they, they, they imbue magic. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm digressing. But anyway, 
there was a lot of familiarities. I, I guess if you were to put these guys in Eberron, they could have done something like that. Honestly, for role-playing these guys, I'm really thinking about the fact that they are emotionless but curious. And that, like, emotionless, they're not an android. They're just, like, the same tone for absolutely everything. Oh, it doesn't seem like we can get this door open. You must be very, very frustrated, but there has to be a right way. Keep trying different things. Oh, that looks like it hurts. Do you really need both your legs? Because I'm sure that you'll be absolutely fine. We can get you to the Simic Combine and get you something else, and you might actually be better for it. Like, oh, your whole family died. Think of the freedom that this could give you. And the like, and it's always the same, yeah. almost positive, but like just moving on to the next step. No time to grieve. No time to take it all in. Just moving forward, all of the time. This is why I say it's a Dan character because it will push the fucking plot always. I also feel, Dave, like this could be a you character because they don't give a shit about a backstory. They're not there for themselves. They're there for the greater idea. You know how your Xenthos character was confidently incorrect? This one could just be confidently looking for the truth. That's high maintenance. It's more work than I want to do as a player. If you were a little bit more into taking notes, it might be... Hold on. Into taking notes. Sure, yeah. yeah. But, like, this would actually... This might be something that would be interesting for someone who is who is looking for plot over characterization, I would say. There are a lot of D&D players who just want to get to the next beat and not figure out how they felt in their childhood when their great uncle passed on and left the wand that the, the, fair, the family heirloom to the cousin instead of... Like, that's, that's some people's idea. Charlie loves that shit, mm-hmm. right? Like... Megan will write that shit down and promptly forget about it. Dan loves that shit. But then there are other people that are, like, Casey just, like, random encounter me. I don't give a shit. Let me kill yeah. something. Let's Thank get on you. the road. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about your life story. Uh. <laughs> and I actually think that that's probably when they're impatient. They would say exactly that, Dave. You might be blue WDWI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could throw it as the, like, most uninteresting party member or the most annoying party member, but not regardless, extremely helpful to have yeah. in your party. All right. <laughs> Especially because Sleight of Hand is on that list, too. So, like, rogues want this. Oh, right? yeah, this is a roguey character. Um, exploration, clues. Like, how do you know that one of these guys is around? Everything works really well. No Christine. door squeaks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> German efficiency. Yeah. We, we just keep coming back to that in this episode. Is Ravnica the German book? The Guildmaster. The Guildmaster. The Guildmaster will see you now. Yeah, maybe. Oh, shit. <laughs> Although the cover of that is a little too sinister if it's German. Yeah. That, that's, that's a little... The Führer! Yeah. Yeah. All right, then. Um, yeah, every, everything's just like super... Super well constructed, and I would almost say though that like you're also going to find their hyper focus would might give them a little bit of the unnecessarily absent mind professor, but like there's some shit that they don't care about. Like there will be a stain on their clothing, and they don't give a shit about it. They're not going to do laundry for three or four days in a row just because they're hyper focused on reading these scrolls and getting to the next piece of information yeah i feel like these guys are going to be more logic than anything yeah what's the opposite of adhd that's these guys right like almost i don't want to say quite ocd with their their hyper focus but like but i feel like every work area is probably going to be immaculate everything's going to be clean 
and they're going to have homunculi dusting and making sure that areas are... They're all on fucking Adderall, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and even as you're... If you're going into, like, a community of these, you see, like, nice houses, and then nicer houses, then quite nice, and then mansions, and then it's like, as you go further and further in, because they haven't, like, destroyed and started over, but they've tweaked it every single time, and so you get to, like, the... the I, I, I love I love the idea that it's, like, the same one guy who just gave up on that house, and I can make it better, but I can start from the foundation, so yeah. next door, he starts constructing the next one, it's yeah. just the same house, just better yeah. and better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, what the hell is going on so, here? So we just discovered that they're also land developers. Okay. <laughs> Um, do you have any combat ideas or, or like what class or subclass really suits these guys? Combating building codes. (laughs) No, they're writing the building codes. Yeah. Uh, it could, it could play into a lot of them. I really like the idea of, um, a rogue. I really like the idea of a bard just being like, I am going to tell you how to do all of this amazing stuff. And it legit is amazing. But, But like no performance. No, this bar does not get on a stage. Yeah, it's just, I am going to tell you this. (laughs) Although, I think that maybe they would get on the stage if they're a politician. If they're in on the Azorius Senate, right, and they're a lawmaker, and then there's an election going on in front of them, and everybody is like, I promise that I will give you... And they will just get up half of them and be like, you know, if you would just not do this and focus on this instead, and just like, here, give me the microphone. (laughs) Give me the microphone. One of you choose to do this, you will get voted in. Give me the microphone. Filibuster supreme right here. Absolutely. Yeah. I should not be allowed to play a Vidalcan. No. Um, I like these guys for wizards. Especially like the Order of Scribes wizard makes a whole lot of sense. Um, arcane trickster. I would take away the trickster side of it, but the spell casting for these guys, plus the intelligence, plus the rogue and the sleight of hand... There's a lot of opportunities here. Yeah, this one I feel like is much more open and versatile for connecting with classes than um, the I'm not going to get a barbarian, though, or a ranger out of this. No, you're not going to get martial classes. It's going to be spell casting and and shadowy things. Oh, you know what? I bet, no, a battle master would be fucking hilarious. If you would move five feet to your left, you'd do better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That would be so fucking annoying. I love that so much. <laughs> like now, I need to play that character. No, you do not. <laughs> um, any other thoughts about these guys before we wrap it up? Okay, let's take it away oh with with the elephant in the room. Loxodons, my fave. <laughs> Only because I played one. Okay, Loxodon is the humanoid elephant. We all love elephants. We know them to be very large, community and family driven, protective. And also exceptionally smart with some personality as well. Do they have long memories? I just need that out of the way right from the beginning. Does it say anything about it? For Loxodon? Yeah. Because like, um, an elephant never forgets is the phrase. Like th- th- they, they did not okay. mention it, but we will go with yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> um, so the Loxodon is, is very closely like modeled after a real elephant, um, except they are bipedal. Um, typically over seven feet tall with an elephant head and feet and four fingers on each hand. They do have leathery skin of like the elephant as well. And Loxodons can also use their trunk as an appendage for holding food and liquid 
or to lift and carry heavier items. Total sidebar, I found out today on Reddit that elephants have a prehensile penis and can scratch their own stomachs and swat away flies with it. Can you not? <laughs> oh my a- anyways. god, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, m- moving on. Helpful. Yeah, right? Very helpful. <laughs> um, I think I most appreciate that they have left the feet as elephant feet versus like putting them into a boot. Yeah, do they have little like like little cap booties that they would wear on the yeah, end? Yeah, they might. Like little slippers. Yeah, yeah, but okay. it's that it's that round round foot, um, <laughs> and loxodons are known to be peaceful until provoked. Like real world elephants, they will put on an intimidating show of trumpeting and ear flapping to control the combat combative situation. Um, so don't fucking piss them off. Things get scary. Uh, Their artisan guild is stonework, so that requires the patience and study, and they often are tasked with creating giant, beautiful stone structures for their or other spiritual leaders. So they are the ones, like, like sitting around, um, carving out some nice pieces of stone and just calmly peacefully working and you'll just go by this community just working happily they're like stone cutters they're not like masons they're more like an artisan right they're yeah like carving yeah like i would say they're creating like the finishings on structures and things like that that's cool is what i imagine it um with more creativity than just like yeah the brute like force that puts the giant stones in place this isn't dwarves going like more columns this yeah, is actual, it was like, like gentle, fine work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they are noted in the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica that they are relentlessly loyal and value community and life. Hence, are most typically connected to the uh, Celestia Conclave, where all living beings live in harmony and help each other. So it's that same vibe of like druid and cleric, that type yeah. of thing. Very divine magic. Yeah. Uh, so going into a bit more detail with their sense of loyalty in, in the community, they will protect each other to death with a bond to their group so fierce that they will sacrifice themselves to save the rest. We've seen that in person, actually. <laughs> too soon? Too soon. Okay. Uh, no, I wasn't there. <laughs> That's also too soon. <laughs> um... And they would also expect any other member to do the same for them. Now, so, when you say member, you mean member of the party, member not the, the prehensile p- penis. Not the prehensile okay. penis. Yeah. Although. <laughs> I do re- expect it's going to protect the party. Moving on. <laughs> you can imagine then that a betrayal would hurt very deeply to a loxodon. The size of the community they wish to be in and support can drive the guild that they join. So the Celestia Conclave is very, very large. It encompasses everything. So that is quite a daunting um, group to manage. Mm -hmm. Um, But some guilds may have a more focused group. Uh, For example, the Orzov Syndicate, where they basically just look after their own members as the priority so that would be like just a more tight-knit community for them yeah so you do see them elsewhere just most commonly in the celestia 
one of the other things too about Ravnica is that it says right in the book that you can get different people from different guilds together to make a party with a common goal. And I would assume that a Loxodon would then kind of adopt these people as the as their community. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and so, depending on the diversity in that group, it might be a bit shocking for other party members to go to the lengths of loyalty and protection mm-hmm. <laughs> that their Loxodon um, member will. So, um, I created a Loxodon cleric named Zenti. Yes, I'm talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I leaned into the stereotypical role for this race. I made her very old and it fit into the loyalty community, um, vibe of the party. She was the grandmotherly type of character. It was a really lots of fun... It was lots of fun to play, and I don't want to talk about anything else because I no longer play her. <laughs> I will say this. She she died like a boss, yeah. exactly the way that a Loxodon should. Yeah. And she squished a hobgoblin when she fell off a cliff and landed on him one time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I have to say, that was the second time that I've had an elderly character in a party, and it is the most fucking fun. And if you listening to this have never had an elderly character, party member fucking make one it's glorious it's yeah. a load there's, like there's no big mechanical downside to it in fifth edition so like go nuts no there isn't and it, it really it was the first time i'd been in a party with an elderly character but it really gave that like soft outspoken perspective that most pcs don't have yeah the murder hobos had to stop and listen it, yeah. perfect because megan's character who you were protecting you guys were so close was young and impulsive and brash, wanted to fight everything. And you're like, sweetie, sit down, not today. Yeah. Or you come back to me when you need to get healed, it'll be fine. Right? Yeah. And it's like, hey, will you please just stay close to me? I need to look after you. You, We would say that in <laughs> combat. She would run it. She's the monk. She's running away. You're like, no, no, no. Within 30 feet. Yes, please. <laughs> yes. And... Elderly people also don't have a lot of fucks left to give. And so when I needed to be just like straight, be like, Please slow down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember you guys had a UNT captive and you got all the information you needed out of them. And, <laughs> yes. you, and, and like you were about to enter a place where the UNT could not go. No evil character could go in there. And you're like, well, we can't set it free and we can't take it in. And you're like, I'm going to take it behind the dune over there and just cave a skull in and then we'll, we're good to go. Yeah. And you fucking did. They did us wrong, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that betrayal, right? Yep. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't fuck about with a Loxodon. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really fun. Um, and so if we are getting into some of the racial traits, uh, so as Loxodon, your con score is increased primarily due to them being seven to eight feet tall, 300 to 400 pounds, um, though their size is still medium, um, <laughs> which we already touched on, that issue. Well, it's going to be Andre the Giant, right? He's technically a medium creature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, so you get um, con score increased by two, and then you get your wisdom score increased by one. Which leans into the divine magic yeah, side. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, they have something called powerful build, meaning their carrying capacity is at large size and you can push, pull, and drag what a large size creature can. So we kind of bitched about this earlier <laughs> as a thing, but it's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. So, so I gotta ask, I did, did you know that when we were playing? Because it never once came up with you, 
But Dan told me every three and a half minutes. <laughs> yes, I knew, but I also wanted to play her as the old grandmother and that she could if she had to, but there was also very large other players in yeah, in the group, yeah. and so they would do it. So she kind of was like, yeah, that's fine. I think four of the people there were over seven feet tall. Yeah. Four, four to six, so yeah, okay. Yeah, so, and, well, when you have a really strong bard, they're going to be like, oh, you know. For those of you who are confused, Dan is playing a Furbolg bard, and the Furbolgs have a powerful build, too. So that's why, yeah. 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 And so um, it didn't really come up because I just played it into her being the grandmotherly, like, character that people generally didn't make do all of that. Yeah. Unless she had to. Uh, you will also have what's called Loxodon Serenity which gives you advantage on saving throws against being charmed or frightened. I would like, so this is something that they don't have, but I would like them to be able to um, do a charge like a real elephant could with like the like the flaring ears and tusks like, going. Yeah, and, yeah. And have that kind of an ability. And maybe there is even a save to that for being frightened or something like that. That's what I was or thinking. Like some sort of intimidation check. Yeah. It's not can, listed, uh, I'll say, but I think that could easily be one of their abilities. There is a, there's a movement, there's an action that you can do, and it's one of those these maneuvers that people aren't aware that it exists. Oh, charge? Charge is yeah. an actual thing, right? That if you charge and, and you... You have 10 feet of run up, you get to... It's, it's, I don't think, yeah, it's something like that, where you think you move half your movement speed in one direction, you can knock someone prone on a successful attack or something like that. So you could technically just do this anyway, yeah. but at that point you're giving up your your regular action. If right, you have multi-attack or spellcasting, just to do that. Flavorful, yeah. neat, but I'm not sure I'd lean into it. It'd be cool to have it hard-baked. I think the Minotaur or the Centaur gets that, right? Yeah, you're probably right. Um, the thick leathery skin also gives you stronger natural armor. So your AC ends up being 12 plus your con modifier. And reminder that we have a plus two to the con, um, just for this, uh, with, so you can use this for your AC, even if you're wearing armor that would normally give you a lower AC. So it ends up acting like your minimum AC is, is this instead. It's going to be 17 with a plus 5, so, yeah. So it's, yeah, pretty decent. Um, in addition, using a shield applies as normal while just using your natural armor. So okay. So you can just use it. Loxodons also get keen smell because of that trunk. Uh, you have advantage on perception, survival, shut up, Dave, and investigation checks that involve smell. So I will say... Unless your DM um, really does a whole big variety of descriptors on things and stuff, uh, perception, survival, and investigation checks that involve smell don't necessarily come up that often. I, I will say this. As the DM <laughs> that, that was that was in charge of, of creating these things for, for Loxodon, by the time that I was thinking about the smell of a situation... It was going to be potent or obvious enough that everyone can smell exactly, it Exactly, anyway. yeah. 
Yeah. Right? And, so, then, and then I would toss it, and Zenti really smells exactly. it. Exactly. Right? So. Yeah, so sure, you get advantage on those, You're so you definitely are the one that smells it, or whatever. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is the... <laughs> The, yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the bullshit mechanic that everybody gets. Yeah, it's like, okay, yeah. Um, but the trunk. So the trunk is the nicest highlight for this race, too. Uh, you can use it to snorkel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can also use it for cocaine! <laughs> Jesus. Oh, yeah, I suppose you could. Um <laughs> So, you know, when you're, like, going down to find the Simic hybrids, you, you don't need water breathing. You just stick your truck up. <laughs> as, long as, as long as they're not any deeper than about seven feet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, so the trunk has a five-foot reach and can lift the number of pounds equal to five times your strength modifier. So there is a limit to it, but, yeah, like... But your strength modifier is never going to be more than five. Like, there are some shitty ways to get up to, like, a 24. So, like, it would be plus seven. So, five times seven. There's only 35 pounds with it. So, yeah. you'll, you'll be able to, like, lift the gnome or the halfling or the goblin yeah. up. But never... But not the dwarf. Yeah. Right? Like... Which it, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's still a trunk. <laughs> we, we just ruled it that it was as strong as your arms. And there were a couple of times where you were, like trunk wrapped around that person as you were getting pulled and they were getting pulled and yeah and like we we like chained some characters totally. together and there was no problem with it being the flavor of the trunk that was fun and memorable yeah i don't see any reason why i wouldn't just do that yeah I besides think... the fact that it's not going to be an extra attack it's exactly. if you have shit in your hands you can't swing a sword with your trunk yeah exactly right? so yeah, so it can do the following tasks, which which are a little bit more than the tentacles that are birthed out of the sim, <laughs> the the simic hybrid. Um, it can lift, drop, hold, push, or pull objects or creatures within that pound range. Um, open and close a door within or container. Within that pound range is going to be the name of of my next book. Oh, I'm just nailing it today. Really yeah. didn't think you were going to say book. <laughs> Can I continue? You can continue. Okay. <laughs> we will interrupt you again, but you can continue. Uh, it can grapple someone or even make an unarmed strike. And um, it cannot hold a weapon or shield, but it can do a little bit more than just a, an extra tentacle. Could you strap a buckler to it? <laughs> okay, so bucklers don't technically exist. And no, I wouldn't allow that. <laughs> but... It could open um, the door when your hands are full. It's better than a handy. claw. Yeah. Or open your container of food for you when your hands are full. And you can actually just feed yourself with, while it your hands are full. Scratch your stomach and, yeah. you know, swat flies away even. Yeah. It's quite handy. Yep. That's one word for it. <laughs> All right. So, ages. Loxodons physically mature at the same rate as humans, but they live about 450 years. Uh, so they highly value wisdom and experience and are considered young until they reach the age of 60. So, yeah, community-based, but peaceful, knowledgeable. They are just going to be friendly, learn stuff, and live for hundreds of years. And not take shit off anybody. No. And, yeah, don't do anything to their community once they've deemed you part of the community. Uh, in terms of alignment, 
Loxodons are lawful. They just they they just are. It screams uh, lawful. To yeah. Me. yeah, and they are also peaceful, and so they are going to be good. Like they could be neutral if there's some traumatic events that yeah sh- they're going to occur, but you are not going to see this be an evil no um, alignment. Um, languages they speak common and Loxodon. And they have a speed of 30 feet. Loxodon has their own language? They yeah. do. What does that sound like? A trumpet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say Welsh, Dave. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's essentially it. They really, they have a few kind of cool extras. They are beefier, so they can you know, take more hits if they get into an encounter. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty simple. I, I like them a lot. Let's grab dice for the questions. If I'm first again. Uh, but you tied Dave <laughs> tied. at five. I'm going first. Maybe. Fuck. <laughs> you go first. I'm going first. So, so quest or plot hook ideas for, for a Loxodon? I mean, it's all about family. I was just talking to Dan about this earlier. Actually, probably I think it was yesterday. The idea of I need to protect my newfound family isn't is a decent enough reason to be with the party. Mm-hmm. That served you really, really well, especially at low levels when you guys were all getting your asses handed to you regularly. There was not a session where two people didn't go down unconscious death saves. And you were like right there as the as the Twilight cleric, bringing them back over. Yeah. The only reason you guys lasted as long as you did in the False Hydra fight was because of the "All right, everybody, stick with me. I will protect you" mentality of Zenti. Mm-hmm. So I was confident running over and slapping a gelatinous cube because I knew that there was healing not too yes. far away, <laughs> which was right? hilarious yeah. because you had just smashed a shit ton of healing potions like the session before. Yeah, it was only like level two. That was, level, yeah. that was level one. That was session two. You ran across the shrine to Tiamat, but it happened to be full with a bunch of of uh, healing potions. And you're like, I'm going to smash the shrine then. And then there's like 17 healing potions. I'm like, wow, that was going to be your guys' way out of this dungeon. But yeah, okay. And you, yeah. no, you never told anyone. <laughs> no, you never told anyone. No, no, no. The, the players were like, what the fuck? <laughs> Literally to the grave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, I like it. It's clearly family is the, is the plot hook here. Even when you're going to run into a Loxodon as an NPC, they're going to be fiercely loyal. You're not going to be able to bribe. You're not going to be able to, you know, shit talk any of the other NPCs. They are going to be to the point and honest and not obnoxiously, like, lawful stupid. No. But they're definitely going to know where their allegiances lie and they're not going to betray it. Yeah. And this race has, like traumatic backstory written all over it um so you could end up encountering one where uh some other like army or some other group has just like destroyed their community and this is why the community is so important to them yeah and so there could be a, a quest line like either they join you or you gain their trust so that they have a new community or you are now tasked to hunt down 
Like they they need your help to hunt down whoever killed the rest of the community. All of it, that it stuff is built right in to have one of these things. But you know, you know, when you only have three players and you need that NPC healer. Yep. To follow them around, that that could be a locks on very easily. Yeah, yeah. pulls on heartstrings so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that these uh, the locks ons really feel like um, the leadership that an NPC would provide. Yeah. Right? When when they need that little bit of guidance, like, these are the guys you lean on. Uh, they're going to be very matter-of-fact. These are going to be your contacts. These are going to be the people behind the bar that have all of the information that are the secret leaders of the secret organization but are just your average-day folk on the outside, right? Like, they, like, just scream. Yeah, or the entirely trustworthy mayor. Yeah. You know when you walk in and talk to the mayor or the prince or whoever it is and, and you just, like... Get that bad feeling about yeah, you the narrow your your. Like, I'm sitting there talking to Miega tonight about you guys ran into a mind flayer NPC that like had a he was a merchant, but he happened to be a mind flayer. She's like, no, nope, don't fucking trust. I'm like, so your previous character actually has run into this NPC in the past. She's like, oh yeah, and he gave you a bunch of good stuff. Remember? Oh yeah. <laughs> so nope, still don't trust it. But that's just you but, trying to set us up with like false perspectives on how good mind flayers are. So the next time we find a mind flayer, we'll be oh hey buddy, and then. Dan doesn't have a brain anymore. Let me tell you something about Dan. He didn't have one to begin with. Anyway. Anyway. This is what you get for leaving the podcast, you piece of shit. <laughs> Anyways, so... Um, no, the Loxodon is going to be that NPC that they're not going to narrow their eyes at. You can trust a Loxodon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like if you were to swap these into regular Faerun, uh, the, the, a lot of them would be Harpers. Right? Yeah, they're, they're going to be the good guys. Yeah. You want to know how I make an evil Loxodon? Intellect Devourer. Because you're not going to get it naturally with a, with an actual Loxodon, right? Yeah. Um, any role-playing ideas? Oh, I'm talking to myself. Role-playing ideas for these guys. Um, they can be the powerhouse in the room, but they won't be. <laughs> they can be the strongest. They can be the loudest. They can be the most powerful, but they won't be. They will support you doing it. I also feel like they... If they could sit back and let somebody else do it, and I don't mean like because they're lazy, but because it's your turn to shine and spotlight, part of protecting family is like mental health protection as well, right? Like it's going to be, I just support everybody in their endeavors, right? And I just, some people are going to find that boring as fuck. That is a breath of fresh air when you've been playing D&D for like 20 fucking years. <laughs> Having a supportive character, someone's not stealing the gold from the other party members. Yeah. After the amount of goddamn rogues I've had in my party, oh, so glad to see a Loxodon. Yeah, and it's it's really fun to do that. It's not boring. I was a little bit worried about just being like more of the supportive and boosting type, like with spells and what I'm doing as my main objective in combat. Um, but I saved your guys' asses so much. <laughs> it was like, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it was also very fun. It's, like, fun to do, like, in downtime to be the one that might be entertained by everyone's antics, but very observant mm. and probably gains the most allies, the most friends, wherever you're going, can diffuse the situations <laughs> that you're going into. That's the other thing, too, with the wisdom bump. I mean, it's just a plus one, but it's leading to your perception and your insight and all that other shit, too, right? Like yeah. You're aware of what's going on around you. Yeah. You might spot the, the like, one in the bar that you're supposed to 
keep an eye out for, you yeah. might get that. <laughs> well, it also helps that you could, you're towering over literally everyone else in the bar. Yeah. Yeah, I think that these guys are, are like the perfect information hub. Sorry, towering over everyone else in the bar. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Tired of you. Uh, <laughs> I actually had a 3.5 Loxodon that was named Babar, so. Did you really? It, it was a one-shot character like 10 years ago. Okay. Was, you know how I am with originality in names. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tense character named Steve. <laughs> we do have Yek the 35th in, in our Thursday group. I but, believe you. But that's 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 a different story. Um, sorry, you were saying about the role playing for them. Uh, yeah, they just they feel like these are the the retired adventurer that's going to be the wealth of information behind the bar. When when you're a low level tier one party and you're coming in and out of that little town, they're going to be that staple feature behind the bar that makes sure that you have. A warm room. They're going to make sure that your stuff stays safe, and they're very trustworthy. And there's a warhammer hanging above the no, mirror. Yeah, and yeah. when they have to pull that warhammer down, you best watch the fuck out. Yeah. Right. That's that's what these guys are going to do. Right. And they're going to make some big final stand, and you know, like they're so just just the incredibly soft spoken giant missing a tusk with a giant scar over one eye. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, has seen some shit. Yeah. yeah, but the most gentle person in the world. Yeah, just don't piss them off. Um, for exploration or clues, uh, okay. We always knew when Zenti was around because I, as a DM, went out of my way to talk about, like, when she landed on the Hobgoblin. <laughs> like, just the sheer size of, of the Loxodon in the party. Um, stealth rolls for these guys are hilarious because whenever Zenti oh passed the stealth roll, in my head, she's tiptoeing on those round feet. Yeah. And, and like... It, it is pretty funny, but there's nothing saying that they can't be graceful as well, right? So, um, I just think that, yeah, you know, you know when there's a Loxodon there. They make their presence known because, again, it's not that they're stupid. It's just they wouldn't have any reason to deceive you necessarily mm-hmm. unless they had a damned good reason for doing it, right? So... I also, for all of these large creatures, if you go into their domain, like whatever their space is, their house, all the furniture is going to be bigger and it's all going to be super fucking well constructed. Yeah. <laughs> right? There's not a whole lot of flimsy things in there unless those flimsy things are like ornamental. Like, oh, and look at, look at these very interesting things that I got. I picked up at this foreign land that I brought back here. Right? So, but for the most part, it's going to be, well, but I mean, we skipped right over all the stone cutting shit too, right? So it's yeah. going to be large, but it's also going to be ornate and beautiful. I guess that's how you know that there's one nearby, is you just find little, like, rock chippings everywhere. Yep. And I think they're not going to um, go to a specific area to, to, like, sit down and do what they're going to do. Like, they're going to be, like, sitting outside the grocery store or sitting in the town square watching whatever's going on and, like, chipping away at something. Or, like, like as an alternative to knitting. Or maybe they have, like, stone needles and they're knitting. Like, it's just, <laughs> like, they're going to be, um, they're going to be observing. You might not notice them right away, but they're going to be there. And then they might just already be, like, smiling at you when you finally look at them. Like, they're just going to be this calm, like, collected um, in nature all the time. It's really interesting because I like these guys. We have too many charisma casters and we have too many charisma based um, player playable races in the first place in 5th edition. There's a fuck ton of them. This is a very sociable 
kind of, of character with a bonus to wisdom, not to charisma. Mm-hmm. And I really like that because I could see them sitting in the town square, right? Just pulling a chair up, sitting on the edge of the fountain and spending every sunny day there, you know, when they're not working or adventuring or doing whatever yeah. it is they're doing, right? But they're not there to be the town crier or to like, they want to know that you're doing okay. Yeah. But they're not there to, like, get your life story and fix all your problems and we're going to be best friends. It's just, oh, that's nice. They move on. I had a neighbor that lived across the street for the majority of my childhood. Um, uh, Dave, you might remember her. And she would sit outside and every time that anybody walked by, she'd say, hey, how are you? And she would know everybody, but not really know anybody super duper well. She just knew everyone in the neighborhood at that base level of how are you today. Right? And it was super friendly and nice to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, even your friends that would go over, like, she would stop and chat them up. Oh, shit, yeah. She knew she knew Dan's brother better than she knew half the neighbors. Just because, fuck, that guy could stop and talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. And often does. <laughs> yeah, and it is mentioned as well. Um, I missed talking about it that they are lots of times um, heard, like, humming or creating... heard. <laughs> Like creating deep, rich tones and melody, like just as they're they're sitting doing their own thing, just they're meditating. Off of themselves. Yeah, yeah, like they just they have a, such a welcoming, peaceful nature to them all the time. And so you might even be walking through somewhere, and then your highest perceptive person can hear in the distance. Can hear it. I'm blue. Double D. Double die. That's that's three. That's that's three. I hate it. Stay tuned next episode for Cotton Eye Joe, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like that. I like the idea that... I mean, Zenti didn't do that too much, but, like, the idea that they're always just kind of humming, and that that's a happy nature to them, right? Exactly, yeah. Uh, anything for combat for these guys? Um, I Like, I love the charge idea. Yeah. I, uh, I wish they had the ability to charge. There are some of the classes, the subclasses, that can, like you move and you get a bonus to an attack here, like the battle master shit, but like, it's not the same. Not, not really. Um, as far as the, the different subclasses or classes I see for these guys, clerics, clearly clerics. If you wanted to be a little bit more fighty, you go war domain. If you would, there's a cleric for everything, mm-hmm. right? So you could really do whatever you wanted with clerics. Um, but I also see like fighters. You could get a barbarian. Can you imagine one of these things raging? Yep. Yeah, and so you could really lead into the, like, don't piss the Loxodon off, because the the rage will be intense. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really getting a whole lot of arcane spellcasting out of them, though. No, but I think you could. Yeah, it wouldn't be too much of a stretch to get there. The stats don't line up, but... It, uh, they do seem more divine than arcane. Yeah. yeah. I think these guys would be cool rangers, too. Yeah. And... It could be really fun to play one as, like, a more dexterous uh, class, like Monk. Like, they have the ability to take more hits. They have a higher con. They have the natural armor, which gives them a boost when a Monk won't be wearing a lot of heavy armor. Is it Barbarians that add con to their AC? I believe so. Yeah. So, like, that that suits for them, right, as well. And, I mean, all of your marshals want the con bonus, right? Yeah. So, it could be that, and it could be really entertaining to see someone come up and try and whack this one, and then it just, like, throws... Because of the prehensile trunk. Yeah. 
And then, uh, and then it just throws a punch like at hip into the face of, <laughs> you know, a human. <laughs> just flicks its finger and the gnome goes flying. Yeah. Be entertaining. Well, there's no gnomes in this. Right. Well, not anymore. The Loxodons oh, were, were watching where they were, where they were walking. So. <laughs> I Yikes. like the idea of um, uh, throwing a, not a, maybe a rat swarm, but a mouse swarm at a, a group full of these guys and watching the mayhem happen. <laughs> right, building a mechanic there that just makes them freak yeah. out. No, because then what happens is they're going to go charging through the ravine and the Leonin's dad dies. Yeah. Any like any other thoughts about classes for these? I really do like Ranger. The idea of these guys being stealthy and having passed without trace is pretty funny and flavorful for me. Anything else? I mean, the stone cutters uh, could be artificer flavor. I know one of these guys in an Iron Man suit. <laughs> oh my like God. the armor. It's just like fun. the Hulkbuster suit. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's right? like that, that'd yeah. be pretty cool. Okay. Um, any final thoughts on any of them before we wrap up this episode? All right. So before we do that, though, let's cut to an ad break. If you've been inspired by the conversation in this episode, please feel free to reach out and share your creativity and ideals with us and the rest of the community. You can reach us on Facebook and Instagram or on our subreddit, r slash it's a mimic, where we keep a place for you to ask mailbag questions as well as our episode guide. Also, if you're feeling particularly generous, please follow and subscribe and leave us positive reviews, likes, and comments. Engagements like that help us pop up on search engines and keep this show running. Uh, final thoughts. If you're going to pick a, a a race, don't pick the one that can kind of breathe underwater for like an hour. It's just stupid. Like, you're just not letting that go, huh? No, it's stupid. It's a dumb mechanic that they're like, oh, we, we've got this really cool race that did it exist in magic before? Is that why we got it in this? Like, is it, I, I don't know that. Yes, absolutely. Like, that, that's yes. the only reason we got yes, this? Yes, it is so, one of the natural. So what is something that we can give them that isn't necessarily already in D&D? Uh... Here we go. Like it was just it seems They're, so I they just feel like they've evolved from salamanders. That's all that this is. They're hairless, they've got the broad nose, the no ears, and they've got like a, the funky tinge to their to their skin coloring, and they can kind of amphibiously breathe underwater for short periods of time. It, they're salamander people. That's what they are. Okay, if so they can go up to an hour at a time. So, but it's only I love once this, this per long rest, right? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 just I'm saying. So, so yeah. if you're like, it's fine if you're lying in smoke. water for like an hour and you decide, wait a sec, I'm going to breathe through my skin. Well, fuck, now I can't do that again today. I got to have a long rest now. No, okay. Look, don't you think that there are going to be some silicone-based life forms out there that look at you and be like, wait a minute, you can drink a whole sh- like three gallons of water and then you've got to stop. Until your body can process it, you can piss it out. Isn't that a ridiculous backwards kind of of evolution, you fucking weird carbon-based life form? No, because I can do more than an hour at a time before I gotta have a long rest. Like I, I'm never going to... It will be very fucking hard to die by drinking water. Right? Oh, it's possible. I'm not saying it isn't, but you're gonna have other complicated... Like, you're not gonna fit that much water in you first. Well, it's the same thing. Like, how much... How much water do you think it can fit inside their like their skin that they're absorbing? 
See, I know. I'm absolutely fine with this. You have a problem with it, and I'm cool with it. It's not that they're absorbing it. They're breathing through it. It's the idea that they've got this, like, built-in air filter the through their skin, well, but it can only but... it can only absorb so much, and then the filter's full, and now we got to drain the filter again. That's fucking stupid. Just let them do it for twice as long as a normal person. I love the idea that maybe they do this for an hour, and then everywhere they step, it's like their skin is spongy. And so they're just leaving like, like wet, wet footprints. Wet footprints. They sit in a chair and it's just like, like, like maybe it doesn't take a full long rest. Like maybe you can do a pretty. Oh, quick hey, break. Bill, looking awfully moist today. Oh, I was breathing the hot tub again. <laughs> no, 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 like, no, 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 no. I love the idea of like the locks on picking up and wringing them out. And there we go. We can do it again. <laughs> Anyways. Oh my god. Let's wrap this shit up before Dave has another <sighs> conniption. So, that's all for our discussion on Videlkin, Loxodon, and Simic Hybrid. Make sure you subscribe or follow, and check back regularly to see what inspirations and insights we'll have for you in the future. Thank you for listening to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com, a store with some It's a Mimic merch, and a Patreon. This episode and others can also be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and most other podcast apps. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. And if you send us money and also send me a note, I will buy as many copies of Eiffel 65 CDs as I can find to give to Dave. <laughs> that's, that's my guarantee. Just let me know that that's what the money's for. And join us next week when we're all yellow. <laughs> well, it's that Coldplay CDs, Dave. Could be. This has been an It's a Mimic production. Please check the show notes for this episode to see links, time codes, and credits. And don't forget to reach out and share your own inspirations. I cannot keep up with you two. Oh my god. <laughs> a oh. lifetime of practice. Cold open. Cold open. Yes, and a cold open. Okay. Uh, hey, do you guys think we you should You know what a really stupid ability for a creature? <laughs> do you guys think we should breathe through our skin? <laughs> if you could breathe through one appendage. <laughs> Wait, no. <Okay>. no. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like a snorkel. <laughs> I really like this snorkel. Okay. Okay. You gotta lean a little bit closer. <laughs> Would you rather? <laughs> no, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> this is hard to do at the end. Oh, it, it's worse at the end. We always, when we used to leave it to the end, people would be fucking flabbergasted. Um. Okay. Um. Okay. Well, let's. <laughs> See, the episode did not help. Um, let's go with what you had said at the beginning about... Okay. What's your favorite... Okay. <laughs> the blooper reel is going to be hilarious. Okay. I forgot it's It's not like Joe Pesci. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> hey, fuck you with the cell phones. Well, that's it. Fly my little dragons. Have a fantastic day.